Good morning. Welcome to the podcast and uh, glad you could join. And uh, one quick note before we get into too many things uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to be moving, my family and I are going to be moving from Franklin, uh, a couple towns down. And so in the course of the next week and a half or so, if uh, uh, if uh, once or twice along the way we uh, don't post a podcast, um, don't worry, we're going to go ahead and jump back into it now. But I just want to give a little bit of a heads up on that. So uh, we're not ending the podcast. Uh, actually, to the contrary, I should have a nice space in the new house to to kind of set up the stuff and just leave it there, uh, not have to set up each morning. So it'd be kind of a little easier, kind of nicer, a little more space in the house, thankfully. So it'd be pretty cool. So that being said, um, I'm glad you watched. I'm really thankful for for all of you that interact and watch and have let me know that uh, that you're watching and that there's been some benefit from it. So I'm looking forward to continuing, uh, you know, as long as the Lord would have it. So uh, that being said, I just want to give you a heads up about the move. So, okay. So anyway, having said that, uh, a couple days ago, we did a podcast on the deity of Christ. And um, from that time, I've been kind of thinking over the last few days that it might be a good idea to kind of continue on that theme, but uh, focus on um, not only the uh, second person of the Trinity and the eternal word who became flesh, the Son, um, but also now the Holy Spirit as well. And, uh, you know, it, I probably can't even, I don't have time to explain all the different reasons why it's important for us as believers to understand uh, who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, even just that statement, for example, uh, oftentimes the Holy Spirit is referred to as it or something like that instead of he or who or, you know, in terms of personality in that. As just a good starting point, that's just one of the many, many reasons why it becomes important for us as believers to understand and embrace uh, the, the person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Um, and so over the next couple of days, next couple of podcasts, what I'd like to do is talk about his personality, to talk about um, his activity, his deity, uh, the things he does, um, the giftings, of, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, things like this. Um, where he shows up in Scripture and what uh, what he does, um, the difference between the Holy Spirit's relationship to believers in the Old Testament and the relation to believers in the New Testament. Let me go ahead and actually dive into uh, a passage here and use this as kind of a launching pad uh, for for the next couple of days. And this is going to be out of John chapter fourteen. We're actually almost uh, going to be moving into this section in our Sunday morning services as well. So over the next month or so, we're going to be going through, uh, probably a month is too short, over the next couple of months, we'll be going through um, John 13, 14, 15, and 16, and 17, the upper room uh, leading up to the cross. And during the, uh, the course of that, this, uh, that, that, that time that Jesus spends with his disciples, he spends a pretty good amount of time talking about the Holy Spirit. And so um, I thought it would be uh, just wise to mention that we're going to be talking about it on Sunday mornings as well, uh, the subject. And so you can uh, you know, watch those as well if you're so inclined. But we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit as a focus here now uh, for the next couple of days. And so let me use this passage in John chapter 14, starting in verse 16, to kind of give us a, a place to begin. Uh, so John writes uh, Jesus' words, And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 
And so there is the promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit, which in itself probably requires a little bit of explanation because the Holy Spirit, um, as we see him explained and portrayed in scripture, is God as much as the Son is God, as much as the Father is God. Um, And as we move into his person, uh, uh, we'll talk about where he first appears in scripture and and we'll touch on elements like the Trinity again and this kind of a thing. But let me again just just take this time as a little bit of a brief introduction uh, to the Holy Spirit, and then we'll get into more particulars tomorrow. Now, the Holy Spirit in the church today uh, is often misunderstood, not only in terms of who he is. Again, often the Holy Spirit is not referred to in personal terms, but more in, in, in uh, referring to him almost as it or as a thing. And it's important for us to distinguish. I know oftentimes that's, um, that, that he's described as it or something in conversations or we talk about the Spirit of God, we talk about it as opposed to him. Um, but it becomes important for us to understand that the, the, uh, the Holy Spirit is not a thing. He's a person within the triune deity, the triune nature of, of deity. And so um, that's an important distinction uh, if for no other reason than to clear up an error that is made oftentimes by aberrant groups, uh, cults within uh, uh, who are often considered to be Christian. Um, groups like, for example, the Jehovah's Witnesses see the Holy Spirit as not a person, but as God's active force. Uh, in Mormonism, uh, the Holy Spirit has personality, but there's no belief in the Trinity, and so therefore the Holy Spirit is seen as different than, than, uh, than as what the scriptures would portray or historic Christianity would, ex- would, uh, would seek to express. And so um, understanding the nature and personhood of the Trinity, of, of the Holy Spirit within the Trinity is very, very important for us. Because when we misunderstand that or we begin to think of the Holy Spirit as less than he is, then we don't understand the full nature of what he does and, and, and in some cases how he does it. And so when we look at the person of the Holy Spirit, it's going to be important for us to acknowledge and embrace the idea that he is as much God as the Son and as the Father. Triune in nature. One, again, the, the, uh, probably the best and simplest explanation of the Trinity, not explanation, but definition of the Trinity, would be one God. Christians believe in one God, one single God, yet somehow eternally um, existent in three distinct persons. Now that sounds really weird. That sounds like something that doesn't make sense. It sounds like a contradiction in ideas. Um, However, it is important for us, as we spoke about when we talked about the deity of Christ, it's important for us to recognize that even though we don't understand how something can be, it's important that we understand that if God has defined himself that way, then we need to embrace that. That is how it is. We may not understand how, but we can believe that. And so, um, and, and, and frankly, it shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't surprise us that the nature of God would be beyond our finding out in some way. Chances are we probably embrace the idea that God is beyond us in some ways. And usually we would uh, describe those things as in his wisdom. He's far wiser than we could ever be. In his creative ability, he's more powerful and creative than we could ever be. Uh, he's God. He can do things we can't do. And so therefore we tend to think of of the ways that God is outside of our understanding as being in terms of what he can do. And we should also add to that, that's true, 
we should add to that, not only the, that God is beyond us in what he can do, but God is beyond us in what he is, in how he is, in how he exists. Uh, we have, for example, just by way of um, just giving a couple examples of that, um, God is eternal, which means he not only has no end, he has no beginning. Now, it's, it's been said, you know, it's thinking of the eternality of God as having no beginning and no end. It's kind of like trying to think of a one-ended stick. Like, how do you, we get the idea that, you know, this pen, if this pen just was the longest pen in the world, like it went on forever, we could see like holding it here and it just going on forever. But eternity means it had no, this part just went on forever too. And so when we talk about God, he's beyond us, even in terms of how he exists. Uh, he's outside of time, which doesn't mean he works in a different kind of time that had a beginning and an end. It means he's outside of the whole concept of time. There is no beginning or end with God. Um, in philosophy, he's, he's seen as the essential first cause, the uncaused first cause. Um, you know, he exists and all other things exist and all other things have a beginning. Uh, he, on the other hand, has no beginning. He goes on forever. There is no beginning to God. And so we already are just in, in a minute or two's time can already find ourselves confronted with things about God that are beyond our real ability to understand. Uh, again, we can see going on. We can't see never starting. Well, in terms of his nature, uh, he is triune in nature. We refer to him in, this, in, in the sense of being single. There's a single God that we worship uh, that created the universe, that redeemed and saved us. But yet somehow within the person of that God, within the being of that God, I should say, there are these distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, in John 1.1, 1, 1, as we talked about in the deity, when we discussed the deity of Christ, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so you have this attempt on John's part, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to describe God as being one, yet somehow there is distinction. Um, when we get into the person of the Holy Spirit, we'll talk about how Peter, in dealing with Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, talks about how they've not, lied, they've not lied to men. They've lied to God in their lying to the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, in Peter's mind, already in the earliest stages of the church's existence, is equating the Holy Spirit as being God. And so we see things like this sprinkled throughout the Scripture, and they help us to understand that the Holy Spirit is not a force that sort of emanates from God or that God directs in some way, but the Holy Spirit is a distinct personage within, uh, within the triune being that is God. And so um, as we begin to understand him with greater depth, uh, we begin to not only grasp a little bit more about his activity, uh, his personality, um, but we also bring ourselves to a place of, of acknowledging that he is uh, in the same way as the Father and Son, he's worthy of worship as well as, as, as being intimately uh, uh, intertwined in this concept of the Trinity. Um, his personality, let me take a moment to speak to this, and we'll probably wrap relatively soon after this, but let me speak to his personality for a moment, because one, unfortunately, within the professing church, um, I'll put that somewhat in quotes, because there are many groups and, and movements within the, uh, within the Christendom, quote-unquote, that actually aren't Christian at all, but are something quite different. And I'm not just speaking about groups like the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, 
And if you're watching this and you're a Jehovah's Witness and a Mormon, my intention is not to insult you, and I know that probably sounds insulting, but we need to recognize the distinctions between what the Bible teaches in and of itself and what has been added by additional writings by founders of other groups, including Joseph Smith uh, or including uh, Charles Taze Russell um, and the Watchtower and things like this. And so uh, as, we, as we recognize, scripturally speaking, how these ideas and, and how the, the, the being of God is defined, we want to make sure we let the scripture dictate to us what, what is true and not our own ideas sort of put upon the scripture. So, um, but not in, even leaving aside different groups that, uh, that have, uh, you know, different uh, aberrant groups, um, even within uh, other factions of the body of Christ, again, in quotes, uh, there are groups like the, uh, the name and claim it group, the, uh, those who believe the Holy Spirit is um, doing crazy kinds of things uh, in order to... Um, you know, bring wealth and health and prosperity and all these kinds of things. Um, the Holy Spirit in some of these meetings, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and name some names because you probably know them anyway. Uh, and again, my, my intention is never to insult or anything like this, but as, as, a, as, a, as a Bible teacher, as a watchman on the wall, uh, it becomes important to, to call out wolves when they're coming near the sheep or when they've infiltrated the sheep. Uh, Paul did this in, in Acts chapter 20 as he talked uh, to, to the Ephesian elders. He said, after my departure, ravenous wolves are going to come in. They're not going to spare the flock. Well, that happened then and it happens now. Um, when we talk about the, the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, those who are in the name it and claim it camp, the blab it and grab it camp, um, we're talking about people who are people like Benny Hinn or Kenneth Copeland uh, or um, uh, uh, Ken Hagen, um, Creflo Dollar, um, Joyce Meyer has kind of delved into this camp quite a bit, you know, um, she's taught some very good things, but she's really kind of sort of been part of this group and some, and, and strangely, but, um, people like that is what we're, is the kind of movements, Rodney Howard Brown years ago, and he's still around today, but in years ago, he kind of headed this Brownsville revival, uh, laughing revival kind of a thing. And so, um, you know, within, uh, within the professing body of Christ, those who claim to be Christians, there are groups that sort of emphasize the Holy Spirit in such a way uh, as, as to set aside all other things. Their teaching is completely off base because they're not basing their understanding of the Holy Spirit's activities on Scripture, but rather they're twisting Scriptures to, to, to define his... Uh, to, um, to justify their, their belief about his behaviors and such. And as such, the Holy Spirit has become something of the X factor in the Trinity. You know, it's like the Father is, of course, the wise old uh, eternal God. The Son is, of course, the representation of the Father in that. But the Holy Spirit, boy, you know, now things get crazy. Well, that's not, that's not the Holy Spirit. Uh, we see that to be true in Scripture. The Holy Spirit does do things that are... Uh, demonstrative of the power of God, obviously, because that's he, he is God, but he doesn't he doesn't make us do crazy kinds of things. And without getting on a whole tangent about this, uh, in, in one way, I would encourage you to. I don't want to encourage you to look it up and see it for yourself. But if you ever come across any of the things that they say and do under the Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit's influence, 
um, you would be led to think that the Holy Spirit is some kind of divine madman, just driving people crazy. And, uh, and in, in doing that, in, in, in representing him that, portraying him that way, what we're doing is tremendous damage to his personality, uh, tremendous damage to, to, to people's understanding of who he is. And that's a terrible, terrible thing. It's actually a blasphemous kind of a thing. It's, it's, it's a horrifically aberrant kind of a thing that destroys people's faith. And that, that's why I name names, because uh, these aren't people that just disagree on some classic Christian theology. These aren't people that are debating whether, you know, Calvinism and Arminianism are the gifts of the Holy Spirit for today. They're not just debating and discussing and arguing about those things and land in some different place than other parts of the body of Christ. No, these are people that are flat out wolves in sheep's clothing that are misleading people into a completely messed up understanding of God and unfortunately are getting rich while doing it. Uh, and so um, they ought to be avoided at all costs. They ought not to be followed. They ought to be left behind in the trash heap of heresy until they repent and change their ways. Benny Hinn had a purported repentance and turnaround, but it doesn't appear that that really stuck from my understanding of where he's at now. Um, and so my intention, again, is not to be mean. And I'm not the last word on any of this stuff. Uh, but I'm also by no means the only one who has pointed this out. Uh, there's, there's plenty and plenty of, op- of, 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 of ways to find this stuff out for yourself. Um, but it's important for us to remember that when Jesus said, I'll send another helper, the idea that he was speaking of there is another one just like himself. And the Greek term he uses bears that out. The idea that I'm sending you another one like me. Uh, and so when we think about the nature of God, the nature of Christ, when we think about the personality of, of Christ and the personality of the Father as we see expressed through Scripture, we, we would not, scripturally speaking, expect the Holy Spirit to be somehow wildly different than that. But rather instead, because the Holy Spirit is not some other God doing his own thing, but within the triune nature of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each have their activities, but they all ultimately are completely one, not only in being, but in purpose. And so we wouldn't see the Holy Spirit somehow being different uh, than the Son in personality, somehow different than the Father in personality and such. There would be a consistency within the being of God. And that's really important for us to understand. And as I often say, to embrace because to not do that, to not embrace that, to not understand it, or to feel differently about that has led many into some very, very bizarre ideas about who the Holy Spirit is. And so um, some of this will come more to the fore when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and describe them and explain them. Um, but it's important for us, even at the outset, in terms of understanding the Holy Spirit's personality, to think through some of these things. So again, today is something of an introduction to the Holy Spirit. And we we'll take the next couple of podcasts, maybe three, to talk about his deity, his activity, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, the activities of the Holy Spirit alone are tremendously uh, each one of these things is tremendously important to us. When we talk about the activities of the Holy Spirit, among those things are giving gifts, but among those things are also sealing us as, as, uh, as being the guaranteed promise of redemption uh, in the day that we ultimately, um, you know, uh, when, when the Lord does call us home, we know we're his because we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. We don't have to live in fear. There's all of these things that we need to know about him and his activity and what he does. And it starts by recognizing his deity. And so we'll talk more about his person and his deity 
uh, as we begin to move into that tomorrow. So that being said, hopefully this whets your appetite to talk about um, to talk about the topic of the Holy Spirit and get to know Him better, uh, because the Holy Spirit should be. Uh, embraced by all believers. We should welcome him into our lives. He indwells us already as believers, but we should welcome his activity in our lives as he leads us, as he guides us, as he empowers us for service, for ministry, all those kinds of things. We don't want to be separating ourselves from that and from whom God has invited us to embrace. So, Father, we want to come before you with an openness of heart and mind to your word, to your truth. Father, we don't want to just be open to anything that people say about the Holy Spirit, but we want to know him and know him well through what your word has said. Jesus spoke a lot about the Holy Spirit in his final words to his disciples, so obviously his intention was that they would begin to understand the activity and the person of the Holy Spirit in their own lives as they would become very intimately acquainted with him in the soon coming days after that. Well, Father, help us in the same way to be ready to uh, to, to understand more deeply, to embrace more fully, and to invite more deeply into our, our lives the, the Holy Spirit, that he would move and do work in us, ultimately in making us more like Christ, and that he would also work through us in helping lead people to Christ and to, and to portray you in the proper way and to portray Christ in the proper way. So we thank you, Father, and we praise you for him as well. And we just thank you, Lord, that as we think on these things, as we consider these things, and as we draw close to you, closer to you through our understanding of these things, then no doubt we get to know Jesus better. We get to walk closer with him, and we get to know him much more thoroughly and deeply as the Holy Spirit leads us into that. So, Father, we praise you and ask you to bless our time as we continue in the coming days to look through these things. And I pray, Lord, for all those who watch and listen, Father, that each one of us would be growing as we spend time in your word together. So thank you, Father, for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. As always, feel free to comment and interact uh, both on our YouTube channel. You can interact on my personal website where these podcasts can also be seen. Uh, it's parsonspad.com. You can comment. You can email me. Uh, I'd love to interact with you, and I've really appreciated that with those who have. So thanks for watching again. God bless you, and we'll, I look forward to catching up with you next time.